Now I'm recording my end. Boom, boom, boom. Recording your end. That sounds fun. Doesn't it? <laughs> you can't see the other microphone. <laughs> In episode 117, we welcome the founders of the Circumstance Distillery, Danny Walker and Liam Hurt, to talk about their circumstantial corn grain spirit, which isn't a whiskey, and the reasons why are amazing. So keep listening. Absolutely. This is genuinely one of my favourite interviews we've ever done. These guys are good people. Mm. Good, good people. We talk about a number of things, including this wonderful thing called Still in Cask, which you definitely want to know more about. Why not head over to our social media accounts? What else you got to do? At Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely. And give us a review, just like Derek has. You'll find out more later. Foreshadowing. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Welcome to episode 117, I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Nicholas Anthony Kent. Full naming it. Full naming it, Dave. How you doing, like buddy? It, like it. I'm okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I've, I've, I've just, I finished both our samples, and I feel bad because uh, we just had had a wicked interview, and I've, I've, I've finished both of mine. I don't feel bad because they weren't good. Kind of the opposite. I kind of feel bad that I've done mine, and and you haven't finished yours. And no, I haven't because I thought we would then score them. Yeah, I know. Hmm. And now but we can't. We can. We can maybe score. No, we we, we can't. Not if you if you're not. I forgot, ladies and gentlemen. I forgot yeah, we were going to score it afterwards. We'll have Classic. to get a bottle, Dave. We'll split a bottle. We will, at some point in future, we'll get a bottle, I'm sure. But, <laughs> we, I mean, you, you've jumped the gun massively here. You've just gone straight into your own disappointment. You haven't asked me about my holiday. You haven't asked, you know, it's fine. It's fine, Nick. It's fine. Should we just get on with it, then? No, let's backtrack. Let's talk about your holiday, Dave. No, it's fine. It's no, no, fine. no. I want, to, I want to know. I know the people want to know. It went to the Isle of the Sky, everyone. I did. I was, yeah, the two distilleries on the island. Yeah, and yeah. on the way back went to another distillery. We can talk about them another time. We've got more whiskey to drink, mate. It's a good thing. It doesn't matter. Let's crack on with the show. All right, we'll talk about that. We do one, we do a normal episode next week. We we'll do <laughs> any other business, and we go. Okay, maybe I've got any other business this holiday. week as well, mate. It's fine. Doesn't matter. We'll talk about your disappointment that you've drunk your samples. It's fine. I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> 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 anyway, this week we have talked. Who did we talk to, Dave? We talked to Danny and Liam, who are the co-founders of the Circumstance Distillery in Bristol. And this genuinely was one of my favourite interviews we've ever done. I had a great time listening to these two and talking to them. I love their ethics and what they're doing. So, yeah, uh, Nick, roll the tape. Don't have tape. <laughs> Liam, Danny. Welcome to the Whiskey and Things podcast. How are you both doing today? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, very well, thanks. Have I got this right, Danny? Are you in New Zealand right now, or has Nick misinformed me? No, I am. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in New Zealand, in Wellington. Oh, oh Wellington. it's one of my favourite cities in the world. Yeah, like Wellington. I love yeah. Wellington a lot. I was listening yes. to uh, Four Seasons in One Day by Crowded House last week, uh, mm. which is apparently written about Wellington. Did you know that, Nicholas? No, I didn't. It's a great song. Yeah. And, and and we do get those in in most days. So yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a point yesterday where the water just walking down the street was up to my ankles, and about seven minutes later, it was uh, it was gloriously sunny. So it is, uh, yeah. Wellington is very much a chaotic weather place. Yeah, and and I just got back from the Isle of Skye, which is obviously up in Scotland, in in the Highlands, and uh, it it's very similar up there. So uh, you know. I kind of feel an affinity with with New Zealand and Scotland. I think well, there's a, a massive connection there, and obviously here we are talking about whiskey, which is uh, which is good. I like it. Anyway, I've massively hijacked the start of this, Nick. Uh, it's just, it's, it's called conversation, Dave. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I applaud that for a for a podcast. To be honest, oh, I thought, well, you know, I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, let's start with your whiskey origin stories. Oh, nice. um, Let's start with um, Danny, as it's alphabetical. Let's start with that. I don't know how competitive you both are. So let's go alphabetical. Um, <laughs> tell us about your, your whiskey origin story, how you loved the, uh, how, you, how you became, you know, in love with the spirit and uh, how you got to where you are today, starting a distillery. Yeah, sure. So uh, my, um, my, first, uh, my first sort of uh, foray into whiskey was, was starting out as, as a bartender. So I spent, I spent um, nearly 20 years 
making drinks for a living and um and 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 sort of fell in love with whiskey through uh, through mixing with it and and that started with american um as a lot of uh, a lot of sort of more classic cocktails have got a real good uh, american whiskey base so got got heavily into heavily into to, to bourbons and rye um and then sort of drifted from there into in, into the glorious joys of scotch and, uh, and and i guess like probably like a like a lot of uh, people find scotch started with some of the sweeter some of the sweeter end and lighter end and then and then yeah and then and then suddenly became hooked on peat and, uh, and and sort of ventured heavily and heavily in there before before looping full circle and coming back into the into the the, the, the lighter more nuanced stuff but but yeah spent spent years mixing mixing cocktails with it and drinking it um and then um and then we decided to start to start making it, which was the, uh, the the sort of the biggest step in the in the adventure, um, and uh, and I guess that's a that's a much that's that's a much longer and more complicated story, um, but um, and, and obviously I don't want to steal all of uh, steal steal all of Liam's material either. But we uh, we, we we started out with um, we started out with with, with gin, um, so we started distilling. I, I, I never, I never initially quoted the date. I always just worked it backwards in years, and it's just getting longer and longer and harder to remember. But I think it was about fifteen years ago, mm. or somewhere in that, maybe less than that. Was it twelve? Somewhere it was. It was. It was. It was around twelve years ago. I think we started. We started out as hobby as, as hobby distillers, just playing around on on homemade stills uh, that Liam made out of pressure cookers, um, and we started <laughs> playing around with with some real sort of. Uh, early stage development um, to, to start making um, start making gin initially, uh, based on the um, the fact that that was the easier the easier thing to to, to produce and the and and and, and the more there's the something we could play around with a lot more in um, in, uh, in 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 sort of tiny little homemade stills. Uh, that then developed into a into a gin distillery, um, which initially started out as a side hustle on, on the side of some other some other fun stuff. But then as that as that grew and developed into a into an actual functional business, we realised we were on a trajectory to create something really exciting, which meant we could uh, we could we could eventually um, put in some really big toys and start making uh, start making whiskey. Um, and so it it was never. And Liam may disagree, but certainly for mine, it was never an intention to 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 start a whiskey distillery. It was a it was a hobby that just grew and got to a point, and and everything just got to a point. It's like, wow, we really we could, we actually could, holy shit, we could actually make whiskey. And then it just and it just it just steamrolled and, and got to a point where we where we were we were playing around again to 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 restart this process and 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 start again from from scratch really and start with new learnings and new understandings of 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 coming straight from ferment through into into distillate and putting in some really grown up pieces of uh, some really grown up pieces of kit into a into a big old warehouse space and uh, and yeah and and got us to got us to whiskey which was well or is about to get us to whiskey which is which is uh, yes. exciting we'll come but, on um, to yeah we have whiskey now then actually the cast uh, oh. Going past the three-year mark, so there's a oh, few casks in the distillery now that are whiskey. <laughs> Success! Success. Oh, yeah. Oddly, one of them is corn whiskey, which um, I, I didn't even know was there, and, the, and we've also got an oat whiskey, um, which again, yes. I didn't I didn't know was there, but we always yeah. thought it was a good idea at the time. Liam, <laughs> how did you get into whiskey? What's your story? Uh, it was uh, a kind of a convoluted uh, route. Um, I am. Um, so I was trained as a doctor and I worked as a cardiologist for many years, <clears throat> but uh, I kind of worked my way through medical school in bars and restaurants in London. Um, and then when I qualified, uh, I opened a bar with Danny. Um, and that was kind of where we met. Um, and then we kind of did our separate things for a while um, and then came back when we started, came back together when we started um, distilling. Uh, but I think it was um, to start with in my kind of drinking career. Um, I was never really that into whiskey in my in my younger years. Um, it was always a bit of a kind of an old man's drink in in many respects for me. And then it was when we had the the bar together. Um, uh, I really really got into um, scotches and particularly the Islays, and uh, that was my kind of entry drug. Um, and from there. Uh, I mean, it just kind of, you know, there's a, there's, there was a whole world of whiskey out there and it was quite a nice time because the world of whiskey was opening up at that time as well. So we started getting um, some, you know, 
New Zealand whiskies, Australian whiskies, you know, McMira, Sweden. Uh, so the world was, the whiskey world was getting bigger and bigger and much more interesting to explore. And yeah, and as Danny said, we started off with our, our little gin distillery, uh, messing about with, with stills in my basement. Um, and uh, we got to the point where we hadn't, we, we hadn't finished with gin, um, and we still haven't. We still love doing the gins that we do. Um, but there was, there was certainly scope to do more. And our, our head distiller is Mark Scott, um, and he was super into whiskey. Um, and it was kind of ended up being a collective decision that we'd look into that as, a, as our next project. Um, and we, we, weren't gonna, we weren't just going to do it for the sake of doing it. We had to add something. Um, and it became quite clear that we could. And Mark was very clear what he wanted to achieve. Uh, and we were very clear that that was definitely going to be adding something to the category. So that's when we started really pushing forward. Yeah, and I was surprised, as Danny was, that we ended up there. And uh, probably more surprised than Danny that we actually pulled it off. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> You're really into your green credentials. Let's start there. Did you kind of start off with the idea of being environmentally friendly with your process, or did that come <clears> in later on? Yeah, it was kind of there from the outset. Right. Um, we, so we, we've always used organic grains, uh, from the outset. Um, and that was something that was very important to us. Um, we weren't carbon neutral to start with, but we were always very conscious about what we were using and how we were using things. And then over the last year or so, we'd, we'd settled down in terms of a business and in terms of a distillery. We knew, we knew what we were doing. Um, we'd overcome all of the, the normal operational problems that we were going to encounter. And at that point, we could then take a look at right now how do we cut our waste how do we do this now that we know exactly what we're doing how do we do it better um so we're four years old um yeah and over the last 12 24 months that's been our, our real focus and yeah we've we've got to be carbon neutral we're fully organic uh, soil association certified so we we saw i think we, we we certainly started with the with i'd say with the low-hanging fruit with the stuff that seemed to make sense that followed through from our own lives anyway and and from our own you know always always being you know quite key on 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 recycling and 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 waste reduction and things in our own in our own lives and that then fed through into the distilleries so that all of the all of the grain waste went off to 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 pig farms all of the botanical waste always went off to uh, to make biofuel um and we always tried to reduce waste where we could and and partly through wanting to reduce waste and partly through, through cost management. You know, we, we were taking cuts off the distillation run. We were taking heads cuts off the gin stills to make, um, to start making interesting twists on liqueurs and things that we could then utilize in the, in the distillery when mixing cocktails. So again, just trying to utilize our own waste as much as we could to tie everything in. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and certainly using organic was always really important to us, even when it didn't have, any close to a, an impact on some of the flavor things like neutral grain alcohol utilizing for making gin there's no, you using the organic you, there is zero difference whatsoever in the in the in the finished in the finished liquid of the gin but what it does for biodiversity was important enough for us to make that decision to pay the bit extra for it so we started off with the with the stuff that made sense to us straight out the gate and then as, as liam said in the last in the last uh, year or two we've then really started to to focus on it so rather than just rather than just doing it because it felt right or doing it because we knew how to do it we've now started to question each thing that we implement in the business like how do we make that better how do we make less impact and how do we have a more positive uh, uh, you know impact on 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 the world and on the community with each with each thing that we bring in be that packaging or product sourcing or production methods um early on all of our gin stills were cooled with closed systems to reduce water waste so we had multiple water tanks cycling water around to make sure we weren't just 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 pouring water down the drain for the sake of cooling um we, we managed to get some good heat transfer in the uh through the cooling in the in in on the whiskey stills to to charge the 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 fermentation which is which is a great way of saving energy and keeping stuff in a loop, which again comes down partly down to a financial cost, uh, you know, financial decision, uh, but but largely down to, um, to to reducing our impact. Whiskey. 
so I'm looking at, at the website now, and it seems, obviously, we've got this proper whiskey release. Proper whiskey, that's such a, a whiskey. A whiskey coming out in September, which will be your first mm. whiskey release. But I can see you're, you're selling uh, corn spirit, uh, mixed grain, and, and a rice spirit. Um, that's rice, not rye, uh, for those of you who may have misheard me there. Um, why those? And uh, and what are they all about? And I see this put quite a long fermentation process on on those as well, which is is interesting. Yeah, I'll take the. I'll start with that actually with the the fermentation. That's um, as I was saying, that's one of the the areas where we felt we could add to whiskey as category. Um, traditionally, uh, fermentations for whiskey are something like thirty six hours. Uh, with a super strong musty yeast that does its job, converts all the sugar, and it's done relatively quickly. The industry was moving in part, some of the new distilleries were starting to use longer longer fermentations, what they termed long fermentations, which were four to five days. Um, and they were producing some excellent whiskey and some excellent new make. Um, and that was kind of our inspiration, uh, was okay four or five days still isn't that long. So what happens if we take that fermentation out further? Um, do we build more flavour? We were sure we were going to build more flavour. Um, and when we started fermenting for 14 days, sometimes it was up to kind of 16 days, um, that's what we got. We got bags and bags and layers and layers of flavour. Um, so all of our spirits are fermented for about that long. That's madness. Yeah, it's very expensive. It's a really expensive way of doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a lot of real estate been taken up for a long time. If you're setting up a distillery, I would not recommend doing it that way if you want to make any money whatsoever. And, and, well, that's funny you should say that because, yeah, <laughs> the price of those bottles isn't actually that much. £36 on the website each for those, which, which is yeah. really low for something that's taken that long to, to, to for, obviously, there's time in a barrel with those as well. So, uh, actually, yeah. you're, you've product is reasonably priced despite this long expensive process uh, yeah um we're we're new and um we're we know what we can do but we're still slightly unproven um right. and really we want to show as many people as possible uh what we can turn out and the best way of doing that is um by doing these kind of things and you know keeping it accessible Tell you what, Dave, I'm a bit, I'm a bit thirsty. Are you a bit thirsty? Well, I was just thinking the same. I was just thinking the same. Yeah. Is, is that a cue to try one of these, then, Dick? Well, I might as well open one up and just uh, have a little sip. Oh, I, while we... been I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> it's half past seven. I mean, come on. But yeah, yeah. You've been kind enough to send yeah. us uh, a, a couple of samples, but uh, the spirit we've been sent is your corn whiskey. So let's have a little pour of this. You want to tell us a bit about this one? Your circumstantial corn. Do you remember this time? I, I certainly remember. I remember distilling it and I remember um, I remember laying it down but um, uh, you guys are at a slight advantage to me because we couldn't get samples out to New Zealand in time so I've not I've not tasted this liquid. Oh, wow. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're, sat, you're sat drinking a, uh, you're sat drinking a dram that I've not had the privilege of, uh, of trying it at this, at this age. I tried it um, as it's as it's been uh, as it's been getting there, and I'm and I'm and I'm on a plane in August to come back to to get a load of it to get a load of it into my suitcase. But for now, I've not tried yeah. it, so I will uh, I will pass it over to you guys for tasting it. Okay, so the mash bill for this one is seventy percent torrified corn and thirty percent malted barley. We pretty much have to include uh, some malted barley in all of our mash bills, no matter what we're making, um, because of the enzymes. Otherwise, we'd likely end up adding enzymes, uh, mm. which we don't particularly want to do. We'd rather do it naturally. So a bit of malted barley. And in this one, it's 30%. This fermentation was 12 days as opposed to the 14. And the it's a, it's a part of um, what, what we do with our fermentations is we make them long, but we use uh, slightly unusual yeasts. Uh, and in this case, it was a mead yeast um, with a little bit of distiller's yeast as well. Um, and it's, an, it's, another, it's another aspect of our fermentation, which uh, has been growing in popularity using these different yeasts. But the appreciation of how much a yeast adds to the flavour of the final product, even when it's you know five or ten years old, um, is, I think, slightly underappreciated because I think it does make a big difference. 
Um, so this one was uh, uh, fermented on a, on a meat yeast with a little bit of distiller's yeast. Right. Uh, like I said, 12 days. And then we distilled it through our 1800 litre pot still uh, with a four, four plate cock column. Um, and that was our new make. Do you remember the new make when it came out, Danny? Oh, yeah. Super, super, super. Look, and it's going to sound bad, but super corny. It sort of it almost it almost threw us slightly clever. It, uh, yeah, I know. And, and as, as I said, as I said initially, a lot, a lot of my route in early in my early days was drinking a lot of American whiskeys, and obviously that big corn focus. And um, and I was expecting something a little sweeter straight out of the gate, but what that new make just tasted like cornflakes. It was it was madness. We just got so much grain note from the corn yeah, and then remember, that sweetness yeah. and then that sweetness picked up and almost started to cut into sort of bananary notes and, and and real sort of interesting fruit notes that started to kick through that 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 grain note as it got to a few months and then uh, and then i stopped spending time with it so i i don't know how it's uh, how it's how it's grown For, forgive me if i missed this but what what has it been matured in so far um. Yeah, I was just going to tell you that. It was, um, this one actually never saw uh, a cask at all. So we aged this on um, charred wood spindles. So it's essentially uh, a stick um, that's had grooves cut in it all the way down, uh, which is then toasted and charred. Uh, and in this case, it had a number of different woods. Um, there was some English chestnut. Uh, there was some cherry wood. I think there was some hickory um, and some maple. Um, so it's had a lot of different woods on this. So what's the container that's um, in then? Are the spindles in something? It's in, it's in an inert container, yeah. So it's, it was in a kind of HTP um, uh, plastic barrel, essentially, with the spindles right. inside. Is that yeah. one of the reasons why you can't call this a whiskey, like a corn whiskey, because it has been aged in a barrel? What's the... Uh... Yeah, there's, there's lots of reasons. I mean, you've got some in your glass and, and, and in your mouth and, and, and it is whiskey, but it is also so far away from whiskey <laughs> from every legal definition of the, of, of the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not three years old. There's um, I think there's stuff in here that's younger than three years old. Um, although the average is uh, three years, um, some of it's younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously you're not aged in cask. Uh, we, we, we were never intending to to, to make a whiskey <laughs> with this. Where, where was the inspiration for this process, the spindle in the in? Is that I've never heard of that done before. If you picked that up from someone else, is it a borrowed idea or is this something completely original to you guys? Uh, I'm going to say completely original, um, <laughs> and then I'm going to feel it's, guilty. It's, I, I'm, and, it's not. And tell the yeah. truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's, I'd say it's an I'd say it's a, it's an evolved idea. It's a it's it's it, so it's not a completely original idea. It has been used in it has been used in the wine industry. Right. Uh, things like oak chips and things have been used in 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 the, the cheaper end of the wine industry. Um, and then it's been evolved in some distilleries, particularly in the American uh, craft end, have started to use things of that that nature um and certainly even things like the additions of staves into into barrels to to start adding extra wood surface contact so it's mm. not completely original but the way that we um approached it and developed it became pretty original pretty original and pretty and pretty unique um i think w one of the one of the angles that we went down was the was was trying to utilize some english yeah. oak that was the kind of driver for it really yeah yeah and English, English oak, American oak, and European oak—tall, true, big, strong trees. Really easy to make barrel staves out of. English oak trees, gnarly, knotted, bendy. Quite difficult to make staves out of for barrels, which meant that the, the English oak casks don't really become a thing. Um, there is—I know there is some, um, but they're pretty rare and they're obscenely expensive. Um, and so we work with a, a local wood expert Amazing. who got really into it and we, we had some really good uh, meetings with her and she got really into um, the different genuses of, of wood and, 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 and working on finding the right wood um, and then working on maximizing that surface area. Um, once we maximized that surface area, we then got into a bunch of testing around baking the wood at certain temperatures for certain lengths of time to release different sugar compounds and flavor profiles, um, and then into charring. So, they, so straight from the actual wood source, the shape, the bake temperature, bake time, and then char levels. Um, and we had a, a whole 
wealth of of experimenting going on to get to this point of maximizing the flavor from that wood into the into the um into the liquid it just i mean it got geeky for a while um but it was a lot of uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun obviously with the barrel the with the kind of pressure and moisture and heat fluctuations kind of drawing it in and out of the wood how does that work with these staves is it more or less the same thing or did you have to fluctuate the heat or the moisture yourself? How does that work in terms of maturation time? So we'd get natural heat fluctuations in the in the liquid in the, in, in the storage as you would in a in, in a cask warehouse. Um, the fluctuations are going to be less because the wood is immersed into the liquid, and you get larger fluctuations from the outside of the of the wood because obviously the the, the ambient temperature changes quicker than the than the liquid temperature will. So there is a small amount of fluctuation, but because there is a massive amount of surface area, because it is um, young, fresh wood, um, so it's not you know this, this is not this is not like an, a, an old cask that's seen five iterations. This is this is brand new wood, brand new brand you know fresh char, brand new roasting uh, means that it doesn't need that um, that fluctuation in 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 the heat for the for the for the flavor to really start to 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 jump out there we could over time if we use these many many times over eventually we would have to start intervening in temperature to extract more flavor but because a small piece of wood is imparting a huge amount of flavor we just use utilize new wood so it, it, we don't it, it's it already it's, it's a super it's a super generous process it gives so much flavor in such a short amount of time that actually trying to expedite that process anymore is 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 unnecessary the bit of the aging process that we were concerned about was the oxidation um so there was so you would normally in a cast get oxidation happening through the wood um but because our uh, spirit was encased in plastic essentially um there was no opportunity for that um so we left uh we left them open essentially so the the top of the the um, barrels left over with the wood staves in to achieve that oxygenation at the top of the barrel right so does that get- mean you had a higher angel share yeah i was about to ask that yes. yeah 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 because before you said that i was thinking ah oh, the one of the things that's probably beneficial to what you've done is no angel share but then if you've left Lock them open in. Yeah, yeah. You, you need that that oxygenation as well as um, as well as the wood content. No one ever talks about that. You got to please those angels, though. No, I've never heard anyone talk about that. This is tax, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, 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 the, it's the it's the it's the liquid breathing essentially. It's the difference between and you know the addition of wood flavor is only one part of maturation, and and, and what, what all we all we've done with the spindles is add the flavor of wood. The maturation that occurs over time is as the liquid as the liquid changes and evolves is its contact with oxygen. It's some of the evaporation. So that angel share is never going to be. Uh, it's literally if you an angel share is not going to be the same as just scooping a liter out. You know the liquid that's in that comes off. What's coming out is the more volatile components, the higher ester notes, the the the, you know, the things that are leaving are specific, um, mm. and the oxygen that's drawing in is changing part of the process and the structure and the texture of the liquid. And that and that ha- that can only happen over time. Um, and so, yeah, this this almost sped up aging or sped up addition of, of wood flavor isn't speeding up the actual maturation of the liquid it's just increasing that wood contact um and so it, yeah we it need it is that that journey of age is not just one of the addition of wood i love all this this is yeah. this is so extremely geeky but so well, different from anything i've heard of that i'm absolutely engrossed in this story you're listening to whiskey and things these british people talk funny I don't know about you, Nick. This is really good. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. It's, it's very easy to drink. Oh, yeah. I'm, scarily you know, um, easy to drink. There's so many kind of lemony citrus notes on the nose first. It's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Do you know, uh, it may be oh. just because I've been in Scotland, but I'm getting Iron Brew on the nose. And I'm not <laughs> mad at that at all because I've just gone through a whole bag of Iron Brew humbugs, uh, yeah, which yeah. Uh, are amazing. So... Uh, and the it's nose so is very, it's very sweet. So yes. all those kind of sweet drinks or kind of candy flosses and all those kind of things, all, all of those kind of things are in the nose. So yeah, yeah. And I, I just breathe the eye and that's very good. On the nose, this is exactly my favourite kind of whisk. well, drink, spirit drink. Uh, it's um, It's got all the candy sweets that I love, yeah. you know, the foam bananas, all that kind of stuff is in there. And then yeah. you drink it and it's, it's creamy. There's a creaminess to it, Nick. I don't know if you've picked up on that. I got a cr- big yeah mouthfeel. It's very yeah, easy lovely to drink. creamy. Ah, mm. uh, oh, sweet. It, it does. 
it does on the aftertaste it does feel a bit younger but it is um and, and, but that doesn't offend me but you you can definitely tell it's a little bit younger than other things um but it doesn't offend you because the new make when it comes out is exceptional and yeah we should we should probably have sent you some of that as well do you sell that as is no, we don't. Um, maybe, maybe we should. We certainly include it in kind of tasting packs and things. And when we do tastings, we love to bring it along mm. um, because it's quite obvious that when you're starting with something that's that delicious, it only kind of gets better. There's nothing that you're trying to to hide or reduce by you know during the the maturation. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just a big fan of this. What was I, it? Thirty six. Thirty six quid. Was that right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so I love the fact you've just you've gone somewhere completely different with it as well. The way you've aged it, you've not not used casks, and you weren't like, oh, but we can't do that because it won't be called a whiskey or whatever. And you've just gone, who cares? Let's just make it and just see what happens. Can I ask? So we're a big fan. Can I ask what all the ratio numbers mean on the title? It says circumstantial corn one colon five colon one colon twenty two colon thirty six. And your rice has a similar thing with one colon eight one colon one eight twenty one. Yeah. What's that all about? So, so that's uh, for uh, the, the geeks amongst us, um, and those numbers describe exactly how that spirit was made. So, the first number um, is essentially the batch number because all of the batches are unique. Um, so, number one was the the first batch of corn that we did. Uh, number five was the fermentation. So, you can go and look all of these up on the website. Uh, and it'll tell you what each of the numbers mean. In this case, five describes the, the fermentation, which was the torrified corn and the barley on mead yeast and distillate yeast. Uh, the third number, number one, describes the distillation. Um, so we can set up our still in a number of different ways. Uh, and in this case, it was set up as a pot still with a four-plate copper column. Um, so that's what that number means. 22 is the method of aging. Uh, so in this case, when you look it up on the website, you'll see 22 means the, the spindles, the various different wood spindles, and it lists them all. And then 36, the last number, is the average age of the liquid. Right. Um, so in this case, it's 36 months. Ah. And that kind of ah. gives uh, a nice, uh, uh, or, or rather a full explanation of how the spirit was made. Um, and it's there for anybody that's interested, but it's not kind of rammed down your throat if you just want to enjoy the liquid and uh, not hear any more about it. Yeah, it was it was an, cool. it was an in, it was an intention to deliver the best of both worlds, and it was a it was a it was a fun solution that um, that, that I think it was Liam that came up with it in the end that we we back, bounced around the houses, wanting to try and you know we love this sort of stripped back minimalism that the the, you know, the packaging is quite simple, quite straightforward. We don't want to provide any reading material with it. You don't need an essay in a, in a, in a you know in, in a box with your whiskey, um, but at the same time. We want complete transparency. So, so for those that just want to sit and have a dram and enjoy it, it's 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 it's, you know, it's got it's, it's got a nice blast of colour on there. It tells you that it's corn. It tells you it's made by us, and that's it. Um, whereas if you want to dig a little deeper, open up that website, and we will literally tell you every single aspect <laughs> down from the number of days of fermentation, the splits on the on the on on the on the um, on the grains, the ferments, every, everything. And and if and if there's anything on there that you can't find and, and anyone wants to know anything else, we will answer anything. We have absolute open book policy. We will tell you the, the weight of the grains. We will t- tell you the, the track time on the ferment. Literally, if you want to know, we are happy to share. And, um, and so, yeah, it was a balance of that, of those two things. I like that stuff. Very much like that stuff. Um, let's talk a bit more about the distillery. Um, based in Bristol, where is it? Where is it? Is it on a farm? Is it uh, on an industrial estate? Right in What's your setup? In the middle. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right in the middle. Uh, so those of you who know Bristol, uh, most people will come into Bristol on the M32. When you get to the centre of Bristol, uh, bottom of the M32, you take a left and it's a couple of minutes uh, off of that motorway. And yeah, it's on an industrial estate. We're in a 3,000 square foot industrial unit uh, in an area of Bristol called Whitehall, which um, not many people know. Nice. And you do tours down there, right? Is that correct? Absolutely not. No, no tours. <laughs> well, we do. We do. Um, we're not. We don't have the scheduled tours because um, we're quite busy and it's an industrial space. It's a, it's very much a working space. Mm. Uh, but we'll certainly do tours for anyone that dropped us an email and says, "Can I come in this Friday afternoon?" Absolutely. Yeah, come on in. 
We'd love that. And um, we, we we spoke to the guys at the East London Distilling Company. Have I got the name right, Nick? Liquor Company, Dave. Liquor Company. I got that wrong. I got that there wrong when I was there talking to them. And the sign was right there. It was on the bottle in front of me and I got it wrong. Um, And and he has a similar open book policy in terms of being so open about what's going in. Because he says, the thing is, anyone wants to try and recreate this exactly using exactly the same ingredients and same wood or whatever you want to do, it's going to taste different because you're in a different place. If you're going to spend all the money to try and exactly recreate what we've done, that's a compliment to me uh, because that means you enjoy what we do, but it's still going to be different, uh, which is a wonderful thing. There's no there's no harm in being open about it, is there? It's not going to do you any harm unless you're doing something bad. Yeah. Uh, that's to be ashamed of. Yeah. That's now how I see it. Like, anyway. While we're talking about East London Liquor Company, they've recently introduced refilling bottles um, of <clears throat> liquor. You bring in your own bottle and you, in the, of like a 70 CL, and you can, they will refill it with their gins and vodkas, etc. cetera. Um, and you do the same type of thing, don't you? Yeah. So we, um, the way we do that is, um, uh, first of all, we have uh, a refillery. Um, which is obviously Joe Con Distillery, the distillery, and use our refillery. Which says, yeah, you bring your bottle in and you can refill refill your bottle of um, gin or, or vodka or whatever. Uh, and the other thing that we do is um, we provide refills for your bottles at home by sending out aluminium cans with gin in, um, which is so much better um, environmentally than sending out bottles. Ah. Is that going to be possible with whiskey at all? Was it just the gins and vodkas that's legal with? Um, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. I mean, there are there are options and there are kind of new things coming online all the time in terms of sustainable packaging. Um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see how we're going to approach that. Mm. I, the thing is, I think most of, our, most of what we release is going to be in batches. There isn't going to be a, a kind of a standard um, mm. that you'll have, you know, all year round. Um, every year um, that you could refill. Every one of them is going to be different. But yeah, certainly um, we need to think about um, the, the packaging and the sustainability of the packaging. Certainly you'll never see any car- fancy cardboard boxes around our bottles. We really hate it. Yeah, Nick loves oh, it. Oh, it's complete waste. <laughs> complete waste. Oh. <laughs> they wind me up. They're, they're a complete waste of resources. Well, the, the, the tubes and cardboard boxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I think we're glad you have done done away with them. Well, you, you can at least request not to have them. Yeah, um, if you've done that, I think. Yeah, we spoke to Nick Neen about that, and and she said that they offered because they're trying to do the whole oh, yeah. sustainability yeah, thing, and that's yeah, that's yeah. core of of what what they're doing. And she said they put it on the website as an optional. You know, you can ask for it. And she was quite disappointed how many people ask for it, which is yeah. quite frustrating. So yeah, so people, people like further it and don't offer just it. Just don't offer it. Yeah. I I, don't, yeah. I agree with you. If you're you. serious about it, don't offer it. Completely agree. Completely I remember agree. As a, our our head distiller Mark. He had a he had a, a he has a, a he, probably the biggest bugbear around it, and um and his uh came from running a, a cocktail bar in Paris called called Little Red Door, and and they would receive from a couple of suppliers they'd receive cases of whiskey, um and for packaging purposes they would send the case just in a in a in a, in a of six bottles in a box, then they would send six of the presentation boxes mm. flat packed in it for you to open up and pop and pop bottles in yourself and it was like what and then literally it was a case of okay take those out put those in the bin and it was like what an absolute <laughs> one absolute colossal waste of time and i i get it for you know retail retail see it as, as added value and, and and gifting and everything else but it's you know it's, it's just not what we're here for we're here to make we're here to make liquids you know we, we are we've always been a liquid first distillery and any decision we've ever made has been about the liquid in that bottle, and and so there's yeah the, the the idea of of making some nice fluffy packaging to make it look prettier doesn't really doesn't really seem yeah. like a good use of time and money. I, I even noticed so when you sent out the samples, actually the packaging is a lot less than some of the things we get sent. You know, it was it was efficient and did the job, and things arrived safe still. Uh, we got sent we got sent a single sample bottle in in a big pre- presentation box. Uh, recently, that wow. seems, and then on the back, it, it reminded us to recycle every all the different components of it, and uh, yeah, it, which was fine. But you know, just don't send the box then. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. 
Keeps him all. Anyway, uh, that's me digressing massively. Um, obviously, we have this new whiskey coming out in September, and I feel like we should talk about that. Uh, we, we're going we're gonna to try it and do a little sample after we've done this episode, and that will go up for our Patreons, if that's okay. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you know what to do. Um, but, but also, uh, it will come out in September, so make yeah, sure Yeah, we'll do a proper feature on it then when it comes out, I reckon. Absolutely. Great idea, Nick. Nick, that is a superb idea. One of your best. New ideas, man. Yes. The whiskey. While we're also talking about the English, I don't know, the East London Liquor Company, I think uh, that's what they're called. Uh, They're recently (laughs) part of this new thing, which is the English Whiskey Guild. Uh, Obviously, you must be aware of that. Is that something you're looking to get into or, or were you exercised from that? We were initially members of the English Whiskey Guild when it first uh, started coming together, when we spent some time with a bunch of the other distilleries working working on it. It was a really interesting project to, to start a, 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 a geographical indicator for um, for English whiskey. Um, and uh, and we were really keen to, to continue with it. But um, as it's evolved and changed slightly, uh, we feel it's maybe starting to stifle some some innovation um and maybe set up some barriers to entry into the into the into the industry um and maybe falling a little too close in line with things like the SWA and creating rules to to basically make quite almost generic style or or, or sort of yeah it's just hamper hamper that creativity and innovation and and so we're not currently members of of the guild and that's not to say that we won't uh join again in future that's not to say that we won't work alongside them and with them to try and help uh create an amazing thing in in the english whiskey world um but for the time being no we're not we're not we're not currently uh, sat around that table yeah the swa being the scotch whiskey association i'm assuming yeah right so let's talk about uh this new whiskey you've got coming out in in september uh i, I have a in front of me a sample which as i said we we might be using which we were going to be talking about later for our patreons uh but is this is this sample in front of me what's coming out in in september <clears throat> yes yeah so this was um, pulled out the casks a couple of months ago i think so um we're probably i think it's three or four months off of off of being whiskey so yeah it's a real sneak preview as to, as to what's coming so so n- now you're going to be official whiskey retailers or uh, that's not the right word uh whiskey distillers, distillers. Uh, uh, with a whiskey on the market is that exciting do you get a special certificate from someone for that or is it just a pat on the back for yourselves knowing you've done it <laughs> um it's, it is a, it is a it is a bucket list item for me which i'm which I'm, I'm quite pleased about it was always you know on there as as you know as to, to make whiskey and, and even though we've made lots of incredibly delicious liquids and 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 there but to actually have one that says whiskey on it's going to be a nice a nice little a nice little thing but i think i think releasing a whiskey's it has similarities to to buying a house in that there is no there's so many end dates there's the there's the there's the there's the we got the building we got the stills we did the first ferment we did the first distillation we put the first thing down we tasted the first thing we had the first release we've had there's been so many firsts um but this is this is the big one this is this is the this is the got keys open the door this is this is the big one this is the, the you know it says there's a bottle it says whiskey on it and and so yeah that's it's it's super exciting and you're not going to get any phrases. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm going to be there for that. Oh, I mean, amazing! I, okay. Yeah, no, it's, it is a. Uh, it is only a short flight from New Zealand, and I'm not, not getting on it. I will oh, be. Yeah, I will be yeah. there. I'll be there very much for the uh, for the launch. They're not. They're not releasing it without me. It's still early in the journey, though. I think. I mean, we've been we've been around for four years, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. So we've got. Um, so we've actually got uh, three mash bills that we work with. Right. Um, so the, the first one is your kind of traditional uh, barley. Um, we, we don't actually make a single malt. Um, so we use malted barley, but we also use a proportion of raw unmalted barley as well, which is kind of a nod to the, to the Irish uh, who use the unmalted barley. Isn't it green barley? Yeah, yeah. 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 So no, nothing, we don't produce a single malt. Um, so our first release, well, all of our releases are going to be single grain whiskies. Um, so yeah, so we've got the first mash bill, which is barley and unmalted barley. Um, our second mash bill, which is malted wheat with a touch of malted barley. And the third one is a rye whiskey, which is 51% rye, 49% malted barley. So this is the first of kind of three different styles of whiskey, um, that'll be all be released over the next kind of 12 to 18 months. Nice. Amazing. I think I know what the answer to it, to this would be, but 
was this the, the, the first thing that was distilled that was going to be whiskey or was this, uh, you know, how, how many different barrels did you have going and, and what one did you go, that's the one, it's the vatting of those two that we want to do. I mean, how did that process come about? Was it literally just like, that's the first one, it's going on sale or was there other things in consideration here? Uh, we, have, we have stuff that's, that's three years old um, that we're not releasing. Um, that's going to stay in barrel. We've decided that that's not going to be part of the first release. And as I said earlier, we've got um, some some corn whiskey, um, which we're not releasing. There's no plans to release that. Um, and the oat, we haven't tried that for a while. But the the process of, of choosing which ones we were going to release was this really arduous, time-consuming process of tasting all of the casks on a kind of monthly basis. It was absolute torture. Tough job, someone's got to do it. I know, exactly. I mean, <laughs> there's got to be some perks to, yeah. <laughs> And there was there was some and, and of, of course you know at the same time as you know we, we we like to play around and we like to have a lot of fun with the liquid but there are still you know commercial considerations and 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 certainly commercial considerations went into the first release being a being a barley base um, being the more uh, the more understand the more understood end of the end of the the, the whiskey market uh, in the UK and so. Um, you know, there's some of the stuff that's gonna, that, we, that we play with that we played with, like the the, the corn that you just tasted. I mean, it's, it's going to take. Someone said, I said, you know, explain this in one sentence. It's like, no, we need a book, you know, just to go through the the fermentations and the maturations and the distillation processes and the whys and the wherefores. Whereas, so starting with something that, you know that is at least a little bit easier to understand. You know, the fact that we're new, the fact that it's new, everything else being new, we didn't we didn't want to suddenly lead out and go, actually we found this really rare historical grain called Emma and that is the release of our first of our first ever whiskey. It was just a step was just a step too far. So we did have to we did have to rein it in a, a, a little bit and release the uh, and release the barley out there first. There's one other thing which which uh, I'm intrigued about and this is the club you have. You have a club. What does that get you? How easy is it to get in? <laughs> and, and does it cost anything? Tell us more about the club. We have a club, um, which is called the Circle Club, and uh, they're basically our best friends. So anyone who joins the club, uh, there's 100 places, and anyone who joins the club, uh, they're our best friends. We, uh, we send them little bits. They get first dibs on anything that, that comes out. Um, and, yeah, we, we try to treat them really well. That's the, the good news. Uh, I think it was 25 quid. A year or something. Yep. It wasn't. It wasn't so, yeah. extortionate. We looking at that, um, yeah. the, the bad news is that the club is full. Um, oh. There are no more places. Uh, we're running a waiting list um, so that as people don't renew their their subscriptions, uh, I can't believe that's going to happen, but it may. Um, <laughs> then those, those spaces will be will be offered to the waiting list. Um, so yeah, so that's that's where we are with the club. If um, you do want the the first release. It will go first to the club, so that'll be 100, 100 volts. And we'll go to people on our newsletter. So um, if you are interested in getting a bottle, you'll be second in line if you're if you're on the newsletter. So get on the website, circumstance.com, join the newsletter, and at least you'll get a chance to, to get a bottle then, hopefully. So you, you're anticipating it might sell out before it hits general store? Uh, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty, it's- we might have it. We might have a few bottles in in with a couple of our couple of our favourite retail, yeah, a couple of our favourite retail partners. We might do, I mean, like super limited releases, and they'll they'll pre-sell yeah. those limited releases as as well. So I I, I, don't, I can't I don't can't foresee there being a scenario in which you can walk into a shop and go, oh look, I'll have that. Well, we're making um, it's going to be under five hundred bottles. We, we don't know exactly how many it's going to be, but it's going to be less than five hundred bottles. So it's going to be a small release. So yeah, they're not going to be hanging about. Yeah, fantastic. That's a great position to be in. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. Yeah, well, another thing you do I'm interested in is your cask share program. Tell us a bit about that. How's, tell how's me, people get tell, involved? What? Shares in a cask? Yeah, apparently so. Go Absolutely. on. Go on. Uh, so when we uh, when we started the, the whiskey distillery, um, what, what normally happens when you set up a whiskey distillery is that you burn through a lot of cash very quickly. Um, and one way of getting some of that cash back is to casks, to individuals as private casks, um, which they'll, they'll then, you know, at the end of the maturation, they'll like the bottle or sell back to the distillery for a profit. Um, so we started looking at that as, a, as, as something that we were going to do. 
I decided that we really didn't want to be part of that. <laughs> so um, we, did, we, we looked for, for other options and there wasn't really any other options. The things that we didn't like about the, the private cask sales um, was that it was kind of like a bit elitist, um, not very accessible. Um, so lots of, there were lots of people that were interested in whiskey, absolutely loved whiskey, that couldn't get anywhere near a private cask. Yeah. Um, and the casks were being snapped up for investment purposes which is no fun at all, really. Um, so we'd already done a, a blockchain project for our launch where we um, set up crypto tokens uh, and we sold them. And the, the deal was that you buy one of these tokens, you can send it back to us at any time in the future and we'll give you a bottle of whatever you want. So I, a couple of people are going to have taken some really early stuff. A lot of people take the first release. And... I'm hoping that a good proportion of people will keep those tokens for the next 20 years and then rock up and just go, right, what's the most expensive thing you've got? <laughs> nice. And I think that'd be great. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It'd be like a, a thank you for supporting us in those early days. Here's your bottle of 25-year-old whiskey. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, that's a really... So we do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will, so you, we've done that. Yeah, it'll be a, one of those mixed... Yeah, your heart will be like, oh, damn, lost some money. But actually, <laughs> thank you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because exactly. you were there at the start and you yeah. got us off the ground. So it's one of those mixed blessings, isn't it? That's a lovely idea. I love that. So we did that. Um, and then we were talk- thinking about our casks. And then we were like, oh, we really want to get this, this cask whiskey into people's hands, you know, into real people's hands, into whiskey enthusiasts' hands. Um, so we decided that what we try and do is take a cask, divide it up into bottle-sized shares um, and sell those to, to people at a reasonable price, price that people could afford. Um, and the, the easiest way to do that and to keep track of everything that was going on, and again, to be open, um, was to do that via the blockchain. So we started off with this project um, and then realised that it was actually could be a lot bigger than just us. Um, and we talked to our friends in the industry and there was an appetite for it. So we, um, we, we did it as a separate, we spun it off as a separate business. Uh, we took on other partners um, with other expertise um, to get it off the ground. And um, we launched it last year with Circumstance, McNean, McMira, Connacht in Ireland. Um, and then we've been continually adding distilleries since then. Um, and most of the cashiers are... Well, they're all unique. Um, There's some great stuff that we've got in the pipeline coming from Store Club in Germany. Um, And a a lot of them are extremely reasonable as well. I mean, our cask shares are 20 quid for uh, for one share, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm on that website now. This is called stillingcast.com, right? Yeah. Yeah, everything's super reasonable. And, And that will guarantee you a bottle from that cask. At cast yeah, yes. so that so that yeah, so that that at share is a, that that share is a bottle is a bottle at cast strength, and and there's just the the, the thing to, to be aware of is there's a second uh, there's a second payment. So so with the with the with the prices you're looking at on the website, that guarantees you that that bottle. So you're paying for the liquid, um, right. and then and then when that gets bottled, and it tells you on the on the website when that's due to be bottled, and as soon as that gets bottled, you'll get another bill which will be for your excise duty taxes and shipping um there's an estimate when you click through to buy it'll show the the estimate of how much that will be obviously it has to be an estimate because shipping prices change governments change taxes and things so we can't guarantee that estimate but it's um but it's usually pretty close enough um so you pay your first bill so in our case a bottle of cert bottle of one of ours um the the marisotto which is a a heritage uh, grain of barley super exciting liquid um uh you you get a, you get a, a cash share of that now for 20 for 20 quid and you'll be given you'll be given another bill when it's ready to to be sent out to you which will probably be around i think 30 is 30 or 35 is the current estimate um so by the time you get it you've paid essentially 55 quid for a, a rare limited release of a single bottle, single cask strength, single cask whiskey that nobody else could get their hands on that you also got to to jump on the journey with us. So we release um, video tasting updates with tasting notes of the liquid uh, as, as the process goes along. So you can nice. feel like you're involved in that, in that process. And That's when you sit cool. down for, for a dram of this in five years time with friends, you can tell them that five years ago, you bought a bit of, you bought a bit of it on the, on the blockchain and, and, and you jumped in with some technology and got involved in, in, in cask ownership. And you've been on that journey with that whiskey for as long as it's been alive. So it's a, it's it's a fun little uh, it's a fun little way to 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 play. This is amazing. 
This is absolutely so cool. I'm a big fan of this. All right, I have I have a one perhaps negative question, and I'm sure it's probably on the FAQs. What happens if the cask like fouls? Yeah, so, so there's, there's provision for that. And essentially, the distillery is obliged to replace that cask with something as close as possible. So right, okay. Same age, you know, the, the, essentially the barrel next to it in the, in the distillery. In, yeah, right, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so if it leaks or, you know, yeah, something happens to it. It's yeah. on the distillery, not on you as the investor. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of peace of mind with that, isn't there? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was a really negative question <laughs> straight no, from the no, back. No, no, you know, and the, and, the, and the best the best questions to have in scenarios like this is negative questions because the yeah. people at home, the people at home that are All listening, negative questions. The, 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 and, and the ones that don't have negative questions, they're on there now clicking and buying amazing cask shares to drink some banging liquid in a few years' time. But the ones that are sat there going, "Oh wait, mm, is that secure?" And what we want for them is these is those negative questions that we can then give the actual answers to. That they can then feel confident in what they're buying, and then and then they're now sat pounding on their keyboards buying bottles too. So no, that's they're the questions we want. Yeah, because we, we've spoke to people about cask investment before, which you're right is just ridiculously expensive. And and when you invest in a cask, if it fails, it's on you. Uh, yeah. You know, you you lose your investment, and I, that's always yeah. the thing. Makes you go, oh, you're spending that much money. Oh dear, I know you can get insurance yeah. or whatever, but still, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the old um, cask whiskey investment. Yes, we've uh, discovered through, this. Yeah, and yes. through distilling cask, you're buying directly from the distillery. Yeah. Um, you're not buying it from us. We don't buy the cask. We just provide the mechanism that the distilleries can sell it to you. Mm. So, yeah, so um, you're, you're not dealing with, you know, dodgy brokers or anything like that. Amazing. All right. Okay. Well, I think that's a, I wish we'd done a whole episode just on this, Nick, and maybe we should at another point hey, because I think this is a really good idea that's worth exploring. Um, yeah. and letting people know about with the, without it being hidden within uh, 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 another episode. I mean, 40 minutes into this one. Yeah, yeah we exactly. do a proper one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So if you'd like to come talk to us about that at some point, yeah. that'd be great. Um, all right. Okay, so let's wrap it up for now, but we're going to talk to you uh, in, in about three seconds. Uh, but for anyone who wants to hear that, they can come and uh, listen to that <laughs> on Patreon. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us for this for this episode as well. This has been such a fun interview, uh, and uh, I'm really, I've really bought into this whiskey since sitting here talking to you and this and this product and this distillery. I'm so annoyed that I'm not in the club, if I'm brutally honest. Uh, so um, get on the newsletter. Yeah, I'm gonna, I will. I'm going straight there right now. Uh, it's a great, great job. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. So if you're a Patreon, you're able to watch the full uncut video of that interview on our Patreon page, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things. And you'll also be able to watch the extra uh, whiskey or nearly whiskey uh, sample tasting that we did, neither of which we're about to score because Nick drank his, as we discussed earlier. But I, Nick, well, I do I have think some... that says it might score highly. So when we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll sort that out. The, the thing point. is, Nick, as we just, as we discussed you know, we now don't need to have to do a podcast on the whiskey mm. to, we just do the score. to score it. We could just uh, score it when we get a bottle and it will get included. It'll have a little mark by it. But we will be linked back to this episode, which is fine. Yeah, um, that's fine. So at some point, we will get round to that. Uh, anyway, I do have some any other business, Nick. We had a lovely hey, review. Hey, you got any, 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 any other business? I do. We had a lovely review on iTunes this week uh, from Derek J-W-O-N-G. OMG in Singapore, uh, which which actually explains why we've been in and out of the charts on Singapore, uh, all down to this guy, I reckon. And oh. that, that makes me think there's also someone in Mauritius who is listening to us. Uh, uh, w- if that's you, get in contact, please. Anyway, this uh, this whiskey was Mauritius. This review was five stars and it says a plus plus podcast with informative knowledge sharing deep tasting notes and great comedy great job lads cheers derek they're listening to us have they reviewed the right podcast there that doesn't doesn't matter in my mind it was a good review and thank you derek for we'll that review thank, thank you for taking the time out to uh, thank give you. us a review we actively encourage we do it at the start of every episode people give us reviews uh, just because we're delicate souls with egos and it's nice for us. So if you if you do us a favour, uh, about egos, just feelings, really. You know, yeah, 
yeah. five stars on, on whatever podcast platform or whatever star rating you want to give us, actually. But obviously, we'd prefer five. Yeah. Uh, you can do it on Spotify. You can do it on, on iTunes. Please help us out. Anyway, that's my any other business. It was a plea. It'll help our to... algorithm. Yes. Yes, it will do. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Anyway, I Nick, no I think the Angels have had their share. Absolutely. The, you've got to give the Angels their share. I think we discussed that today. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you know, they... I don't... Yeah. Not as good whiskey. It's not as good not for the whiskey. It's not good for the drink, mate. It's not it's good, not, as is discussed. Yes. yes. Angels have got to have their share. Anyway. Back. Right, let's get out of here. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.